Welcome to the Bocha Podcast at the intersection of Brown Pride and Assimilation. I'm Kat. I'm Charlene. And Charlene, it's hot as balls in the Southwest. Oh my God, the sun is like with a vengeance. Oh, uh, yeah. I've, I think I melted a couple tires on my way over here to do the June Weedy Weedy with you. It's so hot. You might have to drive me home or get an Uber. It's very hot. If you just wait outside a little bit, you'll melt into an ooze, and then you can just, like, slime your way to your house. And and we're not even part of the ho- or in the hottest part of the Southwest. Yuma is even hotter than this, so. I don't know how Yuma's not just on fire. On the regular? It's I'm, hot. I've never seen pavement move gooey when you walk on it before until I went to Yuma. Yeah. Yeah. It's gross. So that's where we're at for the June Weedy Weedy. Thank you for listening. We're tired and it's hot goodbye. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> it's not even global warming. It's global. It's hell. <laughs> like, that's it. <laughs> global en fuego. <laughs> but part of June, I mean, we already did uh, a little bit of pride. We, uh, because June is pride month. But interestingly, this month we have a new federal holiday, Charlene. We do. It is Juneteenth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So first, before we get into the history of Juneteenth, let's just recognize that it's been a hot-ass minute since we've actually had a new federal holiday added. Ooh. It's been a while. Yeah? Yeah. So this is a big deal mm-hmm. um, because not, I mean, as the as the federal goes, so do other companies go, right? So if this is a federal holiday, a lot of other places are going to close down and um, and recognize a holiday as well. So mm-hmm. this is, you know, this is a big deal. But Absolutely. what are the roots? So this year, I feel like I've seen a lot more people posting about the history of Juneteenth, what Juneteenth is. I actually do remember learning about this in school. I don't know if it was, I couldn't tell you what grade or, or where I was when I learned this. But um, So back in the day, uh, January 1st, 1863, at midnight, all enslaved people that were living in Confederate states were declared free. So upon that midnight, the Union soldiers marched onto the plantations. They were reading the Emancipation Proclamation, which was issued by then-President Abraham Lincoln, Mm -hmm. and were saying, you're free. We're free people. The problem is, like, this was, like, they couldn't check Twitter, right? Right. No, there was no updates. There was no socials. How do you know? Yeah, there's no news. There's no nothing. It's word of mouth only. So... And this didn't matter for people that were still in Confederate states. So Texas at the time, still Confederate. That didn't happen. Black people were not freed in places like Texas until June 19th of 1865. So years later. Right. Let's do the math here. Yes. This was 1863 that the Emancipation Proclamation actually went into effect. Uh-huh. Texas didn't recognize it until 1865. Yeah. Two and a half years mm-hmm. after. So finally, Union troops arrive to Galveston Bay, Texas. They start talking about the decree, sharing the decree, reading the decree to people, saying you are free. Um, So hence it was called Juneteenth because it's not an exact day. There was this spread uh, over several years where people were finding out or Confederate states were becoming free as well. Right. um, That they were actually free. So uh, it's pretty fascinating when you think about... um, and one of the things that I was reading was saying, you know, so after this starts what they call the Reconstruction period in history. Mm-hmm. And during this time, even after 200 years of slavery, being kidnapped, enslaved, tortured, dehumanized, all of the awful things, 
that happened to black people, they are suddenly free and start reconstru- like constructing schools, running for office, building wealth, like living. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I've had a bad day and haven't recovered for a week. And this is a whole group of people who are saying, like, now we're free. We're going we're gonna to build something for ourselves. I, I think that is absolutely fucking fascinating. And, um, I, you know, I don't think enough attention is placed on all of that by non-black people. So I'll agree with you that atten- not enough attention is paid. And here's why from El Paso, which happens to be in Texas, right? Mm -hmm. That's where I got my primary education up until I graduated high school. I didn't learn about Juneteenth until after high school. Mm -hmm. This was not part of Texas history that I learned at all. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I don't, (laughs) they did this on purpose, right? Like just plain and simple. They left it out of the history books. Right. So that we didn't have to learn because the people who make these decisions about what is in our history books and about what we take responsibility and have accountability for is is, is done and, and those decisions are made by non-people of color, right? So I feel like I missed out on so, so much. Not just that piece, but all the other pieces that they don't teach you about mm-hmm. with regards to enslavement. Mm-hmm. So... I'm incredibly happy that this is a federal um, a, a federal holiday, and I'm so so my, part of my heart is so sad that I didn't learn about this until later in life. Mm-hmm. I, you know, and just a comment on what you were talking about: who's telling history? I think, on a on the best note, giving the benefit of the doubt, these types of things were not included because the people writing the history, which, as you've mentioned, were not traditionally people of color nor were they female nor were they queer nor were they any of these groups of folks that we're now paying so much attention to um it didn't matter like on the best day it just didn't matter to them that wasn't their story so that's not how they told it and like you said at worst it's because they're specifically covering it up because it shows white people in an unflattering light it sh- yeah, it shows a historical context as a whole in an unflattering light. Yes. And, you know, there are lots of pieces of, of history, uh, not, you know, not just Juneteenth, but um, one other piece that has been uh, heavily reported on because it's the anniversary is um, in, the o- in Oklahoma City mm-hmm. where, um, where, they're, where they just really just <laughs> burned to the ground yeah. a whole black area of town. Mm-hmm. And... And I didn't know about that until, not recently, but, you know, I'll say within the last, like, decade or so, mm-hmm. um, I had never heard about uh, the Black Wall Street yep. or anything like that. And mm-hmm. and that's just kept, okay, yes, in some sense it's kept from us, and in another sense it's also my responsibility as a human being to look into some things because I know that Reconstruction wasn't... Um, uh, always equitable or fair mm-hmm. or um, not and not in some places overnight um, so it, it is partly my responsibility to go look up some of these things right so I'm it's not it's not just 
um, who didn't teach me because mm-hmm. then that also is saying like it's your responsibility as a, as a community to teach me these things and that's in, that in itself is incorrect it is in part my responsibility to look into these things and check facts and and be real about our history. Because now you have insight that, wait, the history I was taught is not a complete story and maybe an inaccurate representation of what happened. So absolutely. I also want to call attention to the fact that you and I are very openly bocha, um, Latine, Chicana, coming from that background. We are not black. We're not claiming to be black. That is not our history. Mm -hmm. So this is completely... Juneteenth from our perspective and is certainly not intended to be a complete historical um, teaching to anyone only where we're coming from from our bocha lens uh, and what that has meant to us in the borderland and what that's going to mean for us moving forward as a nation hopefully yeah and and since I did mention that it is our responsibility in part there are some great places like New York Times did the 1619 project Mm -hmm. Um, they also did an amazing piece that showed um, the layout of the town from the uh, from Oklahoma Mm -hmm. so um, there are places where you can do this and don't try to rip the paywall off there are people who work on these stories so if you have an opportunity to pay pay yep there are also some amazing black influencers who you know if memes and uh insta posts are more your jam you're not going to read a whole new york times article follow some people follow adrienne marie brown follow ali henny follow some of these folks who are 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 educating people for free they are doing it for free um and sometimes getting a shitload of backlash on it you know one uh i will say on ali henny's instagram page it one of her posts really struck me or their posts i'm not sure of pronouns really struck me it said people of whiteness if your juneteenth observance doesn't include lament for this nation's mistreatment of black people reparations paid to black people and service to black communities you can take it back to the same plantation it came from and that's on harriet tubman Mm. damn wow so don't just be white and get the day off right how are you gonna make this right because this if this last year hasn't taught us if the civil rights movement didn't teach us, if MLK didn't teach us, if we haven't learned the damn lesson yet, if George Floyd didn't teach us, it's not. It's still not right. We're mm. still not right. So um, anyway, she got a lot of backlash on there. There were some really interesting responses to that post that um, really caught my attention. And sometimes I don't like looking at comments because they can be terrible and shitty and come from a mm-hmm. courageous keyboard warrior place mm-hmm. where, you know, you can lay it out all in the line and don't have to really own up to what you say. But yep. in some cases, the dialogue is very interesting and you can learn from that as well. But she did another post and I want to get to that part as well. Right. So it was one of the comments. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, it was a that comment on the post. post that was like feeling some a, a black person feeling some frustration about this becoming a federal holiday and saying like I hope this doesn't turn into Cinco de Mayo um, which we've talked about on several occasions as being this mockery of a historical event um, and a way to mimic or stereotype further stereotype people of Latinx descent so there are so many layers to that Um, Yeah. Okay. So unpacking them one by one. 
Um, first, let's get it out of the way. Obviously, Cinco de Mayo is not a federal holiday. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I don't think that that comment was equating the two. I think that comment was equating what the mockery becomes of. Mm -hmm. So that's where some of the unpacking happens in terms of um, what is happening to Cinco de Mayo, right? Right. So it's an opportunity for, you know, liquor companies and bars to get people in the doors and, mm -hmm. you know, your local store all of a sudden has um, Mexican flags and sombreros on sale and whatnot. Exactly. Um, and to be honest and historically accurate, Cinco de Mayo is not the Independence Day of Mexico. Right. It's actually kind of a, a smaller holiday that Mexico celebrates mm -hmm. from, okay, f so I'll say this, from um, my family's point of view from Ju Ciudad Juarez, like that wasn't the major one that they did. It was the Seis, the Septiembre. Right. So in unpacking that, and we have talked about it before, how it's just, it's a selling point. Mm -hmm. It's a mockery and a selling point. Mm -hmm. And it's also a, um, a catch-all in our local areas for um, sobriety checks. So like, it's like, and, and <laughs> I know, kind of, you know, whatever. It, it is, what, it, mm, that's where we're at. And, yep. and when you sent that to me, my reaction was like, wow, mm -hmm. holy shit. Mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's where we're at. Yeah, it's, so is this going to be, you know, now families, black or not, are going to be having Juneteenth barbecues and hanging out and taking the day off and not truly observing or paying respect to where we're even at as far as racial equity in this country. And this isn't the, this isn't the, the pity Olympics. No. It, this isn't like Juneteenth is more important than... No. No, that's not what it's about. No, and we, point being, do not celebrate a culture that you are not willing to learn about, um, speak truth about, work to instill equity in systems or even in family members or during conversations. If you are going to celebrate a culture, it shouldn't be one day out of the year. It should be because you are truly invested in racial equity and in making sure that we can right some of the fucked up past that we just talked about. And, and to that point, so, so different than, but in, in, in a parallel universe too, when you're talking about celebrating um, Juneteenth and black culture and individuals throughout the year, that made me think of, okay, so now June is going to be stores wanting to not just sell rainbow flags, but also want to celebrate, celebrate in quotation marks, right? Um, Juneteenth. Mm -hmm. And that gets to the point of don't just look at us for once a month mm -hmm. and don't just look at us as a, you know, a commodity to sell or have a price tag on. Right. What are your, if you're going to celebrate this, like you'd mentioned, what are your hiring practices? Mm -hmm. You know, what, do, do you have in your hiring practices uh, about what is acceptable hair, quote unquote, acceptable hair, mm -hmm. natural hair? Mm -hmm. um, you have to take a look at it across the board, and it's not just one, one day out of the year. What kind of books are you buying for your kids? What kind of dolls do your kids have? What kind of shows are they watching? All of that starts in your house. How, what conversations are you having around police violence? What conversations are you having 
um, with family members or not, or mm -hmm. refusing to have with family members, whatever that looks like, we cannot just say that once a year is enough. I, I saw several people posting also um, that they were actually, so some folks were saying, great, it's a federal holiday. What the hell good does that do me? And some people were saying, great, it's a federal holiday and we need to work towards equity and we need to work towards changing the way our police systems, our systems of incarceration work. We need to change the way schools are teaching the ways that we are suspending and punishing children of color. So yes and, um, and then some, this was not enough. I find myself in the yes and category because um, I think it is a gr it, great. You recognize it. Good on you, America. Eat your cookie, and now let's keep moving forward. <laughs> yes, yes. And and something that comes to mind when as you, as you were just talking was, um, in terms of accountability for police, like how were pol how were departments law enforcement departments going to s celebrate this, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. celebrate this holiday. And are they going to be like, see, where we're celebrating too, isn't that enough? Right. Um, yeah. So those are, yeah, that, that was one of the things that went, once you mentioned it was swirling around in, in my brain. And it's interesting that it's so close to July 4th because, mm -hmm. you know, for the longest time we've seen just July 4th as this freedom. Right. That not everybody has, even currently. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's a lot. I think the overall point that we seem to be making is um you can't just call something a holiday and and call it fixed right yeah there's so much more to be fixed yeah and so much more to be learned and i'm still learning uh, me too a thousand percent i'm open to that learning always um my mind is so open to to that learning um and uh, you know also what you brought up when you were talking about like i could just picture walking down the aisle at target um, surrounded by, you know, Black History Month slash Juneteenth slash whatever propaganda in, on one side and then rainbow pride glitter shooting out the other side. And, uh, you know, making it feel like it's a choice of celebrating one oh, or the other. And gotcha. once again, pitting groups who have been oppressed historically against each other for sales and for attention and for respect and right. the oppression uh, oppression once olympics again yeah once again who who's had it worse who's still fighting who you know which side of the aisle do i go to and as a consumer like am i a better ally here or here yes yeah totally true instead of focusing on the real shit together yeah what they should be selling is um, I'm anti-white supremacy and that kind of covers that would cover all, all the yeah. things mm -hmm. yeah I like that let's just have a critical race theory aisle <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's a whole other episode we would get you peopled down the aisle oh Jesus mm. um, yeah it's uh, it's a lot so what do you think you will moving forward I mean because literally it became a federal holiday the evening before it was actually a holiday it was actually a holiday so this year people sort of scrambled to to either get the day off or give folks the day off or whatever but what do you see yourself doing in the future 
uh, as this is a more established and well-known federal holiday? You know, that's a really good question. Um, and, and it came up in conversation uh, um, in, ter- in terms of work, like what mm-hmm. should we do, who should we, um, you know, give the day off or what have you. Not because not because one person deserves it more than the other or anything like that. It, it was more just looking at, like, are we deserving? Are we as non-black individuals deserving kind of, of, of even taking this day off because we have this privilege that um, black individuals don't, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I have, I'm, I'm going to learn and, and look to some individuals to give some insight because I honestly don't have, um, I don't have an answer to that right now. Yeah, same, nor do I, um, again, open to the learning and, and recognizing that as, sorry, And recognizing that as a light, lighter-skinned Latina person, I have benefited by my proximity to whiteness. Like, I have benefited from my skin color. I have benefited from where I get to live in New Mexico, where lots of folks are brown, like me. Um, so I cannot pretend that my experience has been similar to that of a black person so totally open to those conversations and then you know of course then there's colorism within our own communities that we've talked about and just it is so fucking complicated and maybe that maybe therein is the answer like take juneteenth next year to really go and have some deep conversations with some some members of our own community even our own family Mm -hmm. and just do a little bit of learning a little bit of, of discussing um that that seems to me to be a good way to be like, well, why are we taking this day off and having that discussion within our family? Because you're right, I too have had a, um, a light skin Latina privilege mm-hmm. in my life that can never I can never truly be able to understand what it is to to live in a black experience and mm-hmm. just keep continue learning, just continue learning. Yeah, that can be our commitment. Kat. I'm committed to the learning, Same. always, all the time. Same. The other day you posted about uh, feeding your inner nerd, and I was like, oh, yes, absolutely. Yes, we got to keep learning. we got to keep growing. If we think we know everything, then, man, how sad for life. I can't even imagine. My brain would stop functioning. I would have no more jokes to tell. No. Ever. <laughs> I mean, maybe that would be good. Uh, I don't know. Well, our, our executive producer uh, and partner and my partner would probably <laughs> would benefit from that most. Uh, well, Kat, this has been a super interesting conversation. Thank you for being open to um, and, and being vulnerable to talk about this. I know it's not always a topic that's broached by our gente. Certainly something that we have continued to, to talk about. Um, if you are a listener and, and you have some insight or some some thoughts you want to share either publicly or, or privately through a message, let us know. Absolutely. And where can they find us, Charlene? We are on the Twitters. We are on Facebook and Instagram. And you can always send us an email at podcast at gmail.com. All of the places, all of the time. And of course, we drop our episodios on the 15th of every, of every month. And then our Weedy Weedies are conversations um, happen at the 30th of every month or uh, in in terms of February the 28th 
Wow, <laughs> even that specificity. I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, Kat, I want to know, all day I've been dealing with this um, sexy smoker voice. Mm-hmm. I want to know if you're still hearing that. I am. Mm-hmm. And n- not going to lie, if I close my eyes, it's like a 1-800 number or, I guess, 900 number. So wait, what's the deal with it, though? I don't know. I had a weird episode this morning where my throat just sort of, like, it was like Quit done. Working. <laughs> it was done with all the smoke in the air from the Gila forest being maybe. on fire, and so it was like I'm done. I'm uh, out. Maybe I do have a little bit of weird asthma. Um, I've also been super stressed. Out. I don't know. Really, I just had this weird episode where I like couldn't breathe and couldn't catch my breath, and then all of a sudden my voice was. I could barely even talk this morning. Um, so this is way better. But I do not. The only that way I to get you quiet. I, maybe <laughs> is to almost die in an asthma attack. Apparently. <laughs> Wait, but something else happened to you today too. So I want I want to hear the squirrel story. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so okay, well it started <laughs> You know it's good when. Yeah, it's, picture it. When it's Sicily. a squirrel novella. It is a squirrel novella. Seriously. It started about a month ago. We were in a severe drought, like most of the country right now. I don't know. Some people are flooding, we're in a drought. Fucking Noah's building an ark somewhere. I don't know. It's all the things. But I have a succulent garden that I'm very proud of. I don't grow many things well, but the succulents I do a good job with. Mm -hmm. I'm very proud of them. So I had this little succulent. It was very fat and juicy and plump and adorable. And all of a sudden one morning I start noticing these chunks being taken out of it, little tiny bites. And my husband was like, that's a squirrel. Mm. Because there's no water, it looked fat and juicy and like, Oh, full of. I thought he knew what squirrel teeth marks look like, but okay. Or that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I was very upset and started leaving the squirrel an offering of a bowl of water. <laughs> <laughs> you had an ofrenda for the squirrel. I did okay. have an ofrenda <laughs> so that it would leave my succulents alone, but I was like, hey, we're cool. Don't, don't eat the succulent. Here's some water. Cool. We're cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Truce. So then. It seemed to be working. Some days the bowl was lower in water than other days. Some days it was knocked over, and my succulent was doing okay. Doing okay. Mm-hmm. Until it wasn't, and then it completely died, and whatever. I think I waited too long for the ofrenda. But, anyways, so then this morning, my daughter runs into the bathroom. I'm getting ready. She runs in there. Mom, the squirrel's out, and dad's going to shoot it with a pellet gun. Of course he is. Of course he is because he's got a little bit of redneck in him. Okay. As long as it wasn't for dinner. And okay. she wants, well, I mean, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Put it in the crock pot. She, I, I come out, I see the squirrel. Yes, I see the squirrel. It runs back inside the little tree. Okay, cool. Go back to the bathroom. Keep getting ready. A few minutes later. Mom, you have to come back. Come see what the squirrel's doing now. Okay, let's go back and see what the squirrel's doing now. So the squirrel had heard a noise, ran back into the tree. And then all of a sudden, it's standing like defiantly, facing the window, looking right at us, like with its little hands up in, you know, the little cute little squirrel pose. Mm-hmm. And there's a little tiny baby squirrel on the rock right next to them. It was like showing us, really? Here's my baby. Mm-hmm. Are you going sh- mm-hmm. to shoot me? Really? You're going to shoot me with my baby right here? And then another little baby pops its head out. Mm-hmm. So then I'm looking at my husband, and he's like, "Y'all are not gonna let me. You're not gonna let me kill the squirrels, are you? No, no. How could you?" <laughs> so <laughs> a few weeks before that, 
<laughs> he had purchased this thing on Amazon called the Squirrelinator. Oh, God. <laughs> by suggestion of one of our friends. Squirrelinator is a live trap, catches the squirrels. You can go let them go humane, all the things. All the things. I was in agreement with the Squirrelinator. I was good with the Squirrelinator. So he's like, I'm going to put out the Squirrelinator. No, que la chingada. We get home. My son, who's in high school, been shooting fireworks down the hole oh and all kinds of other shit. Gatos. Frogs are flying out of the <laughs> hole. It's like a damn, damn circus under there. I don't know what the fuck. The, the fucking it clown is going to come out of there next. Red balloons are going to start flying up out of the hole. I don't even know. I don't want to know. I haven't seen a baby again. I, it's probably blown up in the hole at this point. I don't know. But it is... Uh, it's very disturbing. Well, I mean, your teenage son does have a mullet. I'm just going to put that out there. He really does. And and, and I'll leave it at that. But yeah. the squirrel novella, oh, my God. To be continued. Bum, bum, bum. I, wanna, I did see the cage as I was coming in today. The squirrel and eater. Mm-hmm. I almost dropped a French fry in there just to be like, you need an added little, they, maybe they like fries too. Yeah, maybe peanut butter on a bagel isn't enough for everyone. They might like, you know, lox and a schmear of... Uh, of, yeah, they're uh, Jewish squirrels. You know what? <laughs> you don't know. I didn't see if they had the little yarmulke or not. Maybe they did. <laughs> well, this nonsense has been the Weedy Weedy for June, <laughs> where we deep dive into some serious stuff, but also we have squirrel drama going on. We do. All the things. This is the Pocha Podcast at that intersection of assimilation of brown pride and squirrel novelas. I'm Kat. I'm Charlene. And we'll catch you on the flip side. Bye.